a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. So thankful for him today. And I tell you, the Lord's good. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn or you can follow along on the screen. Um, Reference this passage the other last week, I think, in uh, one lesson and didn't realize that uh, we would be going over this again today, but it's uh, starting a new series today, and uh, I've been kind of indecisive with this new curriculum that they sent us. Some of it's really good. Some of it, I just, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but it seems like a really good series. The series is, is entitled, Praise Ye the Lord, which we need that. Um in this series, these four lessons, we will co- cover four of the, I guess, uh, more familiar psalms, Psalm 1, Psalm 23, Psalm 51, and Psalm 150. Uh, today, we will start with Psalm 1. And if this, if my microphone gets to crack too bad or something, somebody tell me, I'll, I'll change mics. Psalm 1 in, chapter, in verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." And today, our lesson title is this, Walking in Righteousness. Walking in Righteousness. Let's let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and praise you today. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Lord, today, let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Help us today, God, to understand, gain wisdom from your word, Lord. We praise you for it. We want to walk upright before you, Lord, serve you in sincerity and truth. Bless us now as we hear it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated this morning. Hallelujah. Thankful for the word of God. Maybe we'll get this lapel mic worked out before the next service. But if you can give me just a tad volume up here, brothers, so I can hear myself today. Walking in righteousness, the first verse of Psalm 1 is, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, We need to uh, desire to walk in righteousness. And the truth is, is God blesses those who walk righteously. Even the scripture declares that the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. It doesn't mean that God is a respecter of persons, but God is a rewarder of persons. The scripture tells us that, that God will reward them that diligently seek him. And so uh, 
in walking in righteousness, you are seeking to walk more uh, like God would have you walk. You want to walk in His ways uh, to be righteous. He is a righteous God. To, to walk in righteousness is to walk uh, as closely as we can to Him. And uh, we need to understand what that in, involves. Uh, in the scripture, uh, the, the psalmist David who, of course, we attribute this psalm to. Uh, he has many stories that we preach from and read from, but in one point in his life, uh, his son, the prince Absalom, uh, had uh, gained favor in, through deceitfulness and just pulling people to his side and planned to overthrow uh, his father David from the throne. He got a big enough assembly that he was able to cause David and his household to flee uh, the city for fear of their life. And as he began to take uh, a prominent role in Israel there, he had someone, a counselor who had been a counselor to David, but now had aligned himself with Absalom. His name was Ahithophel. And he began to advise Absalom to take David's concubines and, and uh, in a very public display, let the, the people of Israel know that I've now been with all of my father's concubines so that uh, they would realize that he has broken all allegiance with his father and they would have to not fear by getting behind Absalom. Uh, as David is fleeing the city, there's an old friend of his, Hushai, who desires to go with him. But he says, David advises him, go back to the city and uh, make friends with my son and listen and see what the plans are, what they're doing, and see if you can uh, overthrow their counsel. And so as Absalom is wanting to not just be rid of his father out of the city, but his counselor is now advising him, chase him down, chase David down and destroy them while they're they're running, they're afraid, they're weak. Go ahead and, and get rid of him for good. But uh, when he hears that advice, he asks David's old friend, Hushai, and says, what do you advise me? And he said, I think you should be patient. He said, because your father is weak and he is, he is hurt right now, but he is like a bear, a wild bear that defends her cubs. You know if you corner him, it's going to be bad. Your father's a man of war. He said, I think that it would be better for you to be patient. And so they did wait. But as they waited, David began to gain favor and strength and get his army back together. And when the battle finally did happen, we find Absalom hanging from tree branches. And that's where David's men take his life. And Absalom dies. Because you have to be careful who you listen to. In this life, you have to be careful in who we listen to. It's the same for David, it's the same for Absalom, it's the same for us that who we listen to will determine blessing or curse in our life. You better be careful who you take counsel with. The counsel that we listen to, it does matter. The scripture says, How can two walk together except that they be agreed? And so you better be careful who you're agreeing with. Hello. 
I, I know sometimes we, we need some, some teaching and some things that will help us with accountability to our walk and to who we are for God. And I'm going I'm to say it like this and say it even as plain as this, is that you need to be careful about liking people's stuff on social media. You don't want to be found in alignment with people who are out of alignment with the Lord. And, and, and don't try to convince yourself, well, I'm doing that just so they'll know they have a friend. You, well, it's one thing if they're sharing pictures of their dog. But when they start uh, misquoting scripture and putting things up that are against the truth, you better be careful about lining yourself up because uh, they, it's not wise. It's not wise at all. You, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Do you agree with that? Do you agree with what they're saying? Oh, no, I don't, but I want them to think they've still got somebody. Listen, you can love people without agreeing with their nonsense. Hello, you're not helping them. You're not helping them, but you're setting yourself up to, to, to get yourself in trouble as well. And so we want to be careful. We need to uh, make sure that we are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. There's one thing I've learned through Scripture is that even though all of our lives, our lives are filled with defining moments, that if we live according to God's Word, we can actually change those defining moments in our life. Because God's word will cause us to walk a better path. You're going to have defining moments whichever path you walk on. But if you want uh, to have defining moments that will make your life better, that will cause you to be blessed, then you will live it by God's word. And not just by this word, but by godly counsel. Hello. Uh, the Bible says they were, that... Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers were given for the perfecting of the saints. So we're not tossed about with every wind of doctrine and, and all kinds of things. You need ministry in your life to help ground you. It matters who you listen to. In Psalm 1, it tells us about a blessed man. And that a blessed man is remembered for this, this one thing that he delighteth in the law of the Lord, and in that law does he meditate day and night. It matters who we listen to. It, 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 this theme is throughout the scripture. In the book of Proverbs, uh, I didn't give you these scriptures, so don't worry about uh, putting them up, but Proverbs 1 and verse 8 says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and forsake not the law of your mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us. Uh, oh, be, be, be careful. But be careful who's waving you over. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us look privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them and refrain thy foot from their path. You need to be careful who is speaking 
into your life, who you are getting counsel from. You, you need to make sure that your counsel is coming from, uh, even Paul said, you may have many teachers, uh, but you don't have many fathers in the Lord. And, and you need to be careful about people who will try to steer you away from your father or your mother or your mentor in the Lord. Hello. Hey, I know today that pastor is just one of those titles that everybody thinks we're, we're nothing more than employees of the church. I get it. That's the way the world looks at us today. But you better understand that your pastor was given for a reason. The Bible says that pastors, evangelists, apostles, teachers, they're all God-given resources for the church. And that's not to pat my back. And that's not to lift myself up. I thank God for my pastor and the way he taught me. I wouldn't have ever, ever not listened to my pastor because I trusted him and I, and I could follow him because I knew he followed the word and he stayed with the Lord. And so this blessed man, you know, when we talk about being blessed, a lot of people think, well, it just means living a good life. But in the scripture, uh, uh, it's definitely more uh, religious uh, in tone. I mean, you don't, you don't hear two atheists uh, saying goodbye and say, hey, man, be blessed. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's got something to do with the Lord. In the, in the Hebrew, uh, it means more of something of the nature of being the object of God's affection and attention. And so uh, uh, the blessed man is someone who will hear what the Spirit says. Jesus said many times, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And, and so the Spirit speaks, but it's not limited to just that Spirit. And the Bible says there are many spirits that are gone out into the land. And guess what? They all speak. That's why it says that we need to try the Spirit and know if they are from the Lord. And guess what? Every spirit that's not of the Lord can still quote Scripture. I'm talking to you this morning. You need to hear what I'm saying. Uh, you need to hear what I'm saying. The Spirit, there are many spirits that are in this land. And they are speaking, and uh, the Bible teaches us that all these vessels, they all have a different sound, uh, a significant sound. And, friend, you can tell if you will try the spirits. You can tell if it's the, the spirit or if it's just a spirit. I don't want to be led by just any spirit. I want to hear the spirit. I want to be led by the spirit of the Lord. And so I want to be, continue to be the object of God's affection and his attention. And so in our, our opening scripture, it says, Blessed is the man who walketh. And I just want this word, not. And that's a funny word. Uh, it's a little bitty word with such powerful meaning uh, that uh, we want to define that. But a blessed man is defined by what he does not rather than by what he does. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He is blessed by what he does not do, uh, by not doing that, because the, the writer wants us to know already, you can't walk two roads, and you can't be led by two teachers, and you can't be led by two masters. The Bible says you can't serve but one master. You try to serve two, you're going to hate one and cling to the other, and uh, you can't walk down two different paths. You can't walk the straight and narrow and also walk the path that's wide and destructive. 
So this blessed man is defined by what he does not. And then it lets us know that the blessed man's guidance, it does not depend on worldly knowledge. Friend, our steps are ordered of the Lord. The counsel that we heed and the path that we follow and the office that we occupy are not limited to the doomed and futile fashion makers of this world that want to just be something and make a name for themselves in this world and not really live for God but tell you how to live. No, 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 no. We are not following the world. Our directions come from on high. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The blessed man is defined first by what he does not do because when he does that, he is saying no to worldly voices. And in doing that, he is saying no to his own wisdom. Hello. The Bible tells me to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. The scripture reminds me over and over and over again that I must live by God's word. His own sense of being wise enough. Uh, he, he's not living like, hey, I can do it on my own. I can make my own decisions. I don't need anybody to teach me or to tell me or to speak wisdom into my life. I can just do this on my own. So we are walking not in the counsel of the ungodly. In the book of Psalm, the, count, the word ungodly usually refers to people who act without a fear of God. And they take advantage of people who are weaker than themselves. But by doing this, they break what James called the royal law, to love your neighbor as yourself. And when we listen to the counsel of such voices, it draws us back down into the world of shadow. It, it, it blinds us again. We become blinded by this world. We are back in the darkness that God called us out of. When we stop listening to the word, we are no longer in his marvelous light. For his word is a light, a lamp, and a light unto my feet and unto my path. I need the light of his word. But these people, these ungodly people, they have no, it doesn't bother them to just give advice anyway. But Jesus said, said it like this, if the blind lead the blind, then they both end up in the ditch. And friend, we've got too many people that are being uh, seduced by other blind people, trying to lead them, uh, trying to cover their eyes, trying to lead them away from the truth of God's word. These people don't understand or even know what's going on in the real world. They act like everything is just for the present and what's lying at hand, and they do not live. They, they want the temporary, not the eternal. But the Bible says that we don't look at the things that are temporary, but at the things that are eternal. We live our life in the light of eternity. So we do not, uh, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, as it were, nor, is what he doesn't do. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. The word or the phrase, the way, refers to our practice or our belief system before it was ever called Christianity in the book of Acts over and over it was called the way if you want to look it up you can look to Acts 9 and 2 19 and 9 uh, 22 and 4 24 and 14 and you'll see that it was always referred to as the way and the way of sinners 
would also uh, attribute to their lifestyle. It would refer to the practice and lifestyle uh, of just doing their own thing, uh, living according to the world's voices, uh, living against uh, or going against what God said in his word. Uh, practices, when we practice something, it will be predicated on what we believe. It's, it's like uh, we practice holiness because that's what we believe to be holy, for he is holy. We practice godliness because the scripture tells us that we should live godly uh, in this world. And, and so uh, when we practice something, if we do certain things, we lift our hands to, to praise, or we lift our voice, or we clap our hands, or we sing unto the Lord, or we pray, or we lay hands on people. That's all of our practices because that's what we believe. And, and if, we believe, if you believe one way, you begin to practice uh, you, you bring your practices or your actions in alignment with your belief. I mean, just think, if you believed that the world was going to end tomorrow, that belief would have a very significant impact on you today. You would be doing things uh, because you believe tomorrow is my last day, and, and every action you took from this point on would be predicated upon that belief. We believe that Jesus is coming back to get a church one day. And so we live every day uh, knowing that it could be today, that he could come get us or we could meet him today. We know that because we're not promised tomorrow. But these people, we don't stand in the way of sinners. Sinners are people who habitually trespass upon others and upon their creator. And they do this because they have a too high regard for their own rights preferences and comforts and too little for those of others the bible says in the last days that men would be lovers of themselves and people by the groves are leaving god so that they can do their own thing uh, even almost to the point of saying you know uh, but my life of living for god has kept me from enjoying certain things in my life oh God, help us to repent of such feelings like that, that I would ever say my life for God uh, hindered me or hurt me or kept me from doing what I should be doing. Shame on me if I ever uh, give him less than my all and be thankful for what he's done for me. It also says that this blessed man does not sit in the seat of the scornful. In the times that David wrote about and even uh, up until the times of Jesus, chairs were not just furnishings you found in a house. People sat on the floor. When they had meals, they relaxed and reclined on pillows and blankets and things of that nature. Uh, chairs were a luxury, and normally people who had chairs were someone of prominence or someone who uh, was a ruler or in some position of power. Just like in the scripture, we will see that uh, when they reference God, he is sitting on his throne and his angels are always standing, not sitting, but standing in his presence. To sit in a seat means that you are now in charge. I don't want to sit in the seat of the scornful or that word also means mocker. Uh, I don't want to be in charge of mockers, people who ridicule holy things. There's a progression uh, going on here that uh, we don't want to be found uh, uh, walking and, and, uh, uh, and then standing and then sitting. We don't want to be moving toward uh, this position of power. That's the wrong kind of power. 
I don't get in a place where I, uh, you know, uh, went from just listening uh, innocently to the counsel of wicked people and then entrapped by some uh, somebody that has twisted scripture around and, and then now finally become a ringleader of those who entrap the young and the gullible, those who have not, uh, that, that, that's why you can't live without this word. That's why you have to uh, meditate in this word day and night. You need to know this word so when, when those other uh, voices come start twisting Trying to tell you, no, this is the scripture says this, and they take one scripture and try to build something off of it, and you can't do that. The word of God's here a little, it's there a little, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. It's all that God said. All scripture is given, it's breathed by God. This is his inspiration. All of it is, and all of it's profitable. We can't uh, begin listening. It matters who you take counsel from. If a person starts on the path of listening to the ungodly, I can tell you what happens. That person will eventually join their ranks and become one of them. That's what happens. Oh, no, I just, I just wanted to go hang out with them. I, I'm not a party of what they're doing yet. Yet. Because eventually... Uh, what you're doing is going to convict them to the point that either you're going to be like them or then they're not going to have nothing else to do with you. But they will try to pull you. They want you to join them. They, they, they would rather you join them than just walk away. Oh, just come on. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm freer than I've ever been. The Scripture talks about that. While they promise liberty themselves, they, they are the service of corruption. Uh, they ain't free from nothing. They become enslaved and tangled again with the things that God delivered them from. I'm telling you folks today, you better listen. We must avoid the wrong counsel. We must. There are three verbs in that first verse, walking, standing, sitting. It's a progression. At first it was just, I hear what they're saying, but now I'm standing around listening to what they're saying now. I've been promoted to a place of power. I'm just like them. I don't want to become like those ungodly people. I, I don't want to, you know, it, it happens even in the world. It, just in worldly things, people, they can uh, rise to a place of prominence in this world, but they sacrifice everything else. Wow, look what a success they are. But look at the train wreck it caused to get there. They lost their home. They lost their family. They lost their friends. They lost everything just to have. The Bible tells me, what if I gain the whole world? What, what, what's it going to be? What benefit if I get what I want? If I just get me, 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 just what I want, and then I lose my soul. It doesn't happen by accident, folks. People, people don't... People never accidentally lose out with God. It will always be because of choices and steps taken. We're either taking steps the right way or we're taking steps the wrong way. And it's one step at a time. And, hey, I know. You said, wow, Sunday morning he is letting us have it. I am not trying to let you have it. But I am telling you that I know for a fact, I believe it and know it, that Jesus Christ is coming back again. 
and he's going to get a church. And friend, it's going to be well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done every once in a while servant. Not well done, hey, servant that turned his back and walked away. It's going to be well done, good and faithful servant. It's going to be that blessed man that we read about in that first song. I know the scripture says that the blessed person will delight in his law. So we start out talking about what the blessed man is not and what he does not. He does not. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of the scornful. What, so what does he do? What does the man who is the object of God's attention and affection, what does he do? It says he meditates on the law day and night. It doesn't say he merely believes the law. Hello. It does not even say that he merely obeys the law. He must do both. But it says he delights in the law of the Lord. And we say, well, how am I supposed to delight in his word? I can't just flip my emotions on and off. I can't do that. It's not, but it's not that. And while that's true, you can't. That would be fake. But Jesus said this in Matthew 6 and 21, that where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. If your treasure is in God's word, that's where your heart will be also. And that can influence our emotional response by our habits. Have we made God's word a habit in our life? Or, you know, when I worked in the secular field and and did alarm systems and things, they were tools that I put on Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I didn't need a drill in my hand. I didn't need wire cutters in my hand because I was not working on alarm systems. I was not doing that. But see, unfortunately, some people think they only wear this on Sunday. Yeah, I'll put my sword on this Sunday. I'll put my sword on this Wednesday. I'll put my sword on this convention. It's, it's like a tool that you, but it, this is day and night. On the job, off the job. Home vacation, off vacation. In school, out of school. Uh, this word is important. This word is priceless. This word uh, is precious. And we need to understand that our treasure should be in this word. So how, how do I treasure God's word? I mean, it's already, it's, it's eternal, it's holy, you know, it sanctifies us, all the things the scripture says about it. How do I treasure it? What can I do? Well, as a human, the most precious and greatest natural resource you have is your time. If we put our time into knowing and practicing the law of the Lord, then we will be putting our treasure into the law. It just makes me cringe when people say, I don't have time to read. Stop lying. And you say, that's harsh. No, that's the truth. Stop lying. 
Oh, I, I, I don't have time to read. I'd ask you to check your phone and see what your uh, time on your phone was this week. If it says, oh, you only had 20 minutes of screen time, you could have used that 20 minutes to read. But if it says four hours of screen time, you're going to tell me you couldn't have took none of that time for this? Oh, I'm just, I know I'm just right here where the rubber meets the road. I know where I'm at. But the Lord's, the Lord's, I asked him, I said, you give me what we need, what we need. It ain't just, it ain't just going one way. It's falling right here first. And I'm telling you that if, if we can binge watch, I don't even have to say how many episodes, you could take time. We watch, we watch, we check, we do all other kind of things first. But if we didn't jump right up and check social media, but said, let me spend 10 minutes in this. I read that first psalm in under a minute. Under a minute. You could read. I can read. I, 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 usually in the mornings, I read the first seven Proverbs. And you can do that in under 15 minutes. Seven chapters. Of wisdom, things that'll make your life better for just a few minutes. And friend, let me tell you, that will stop ungodly counsel from getting in your ears. <laughs> so if we put our time into the word, that's where we put our treasure. Our treasure will be in the word. Our thoughts will become our actions. Our actions become our practices. Our practices become our habits. And our habits eventually will be reinforced by our emotion. We will delight in God's word. When you have no word in your life, you set yourself up. People that will not read, will not learn, will not study this word, you set yourself up for a life full of disappointment and failure. There's so many people who want to be a Christian and they want to go to heaven, but they cannot understand uh, why they are not blessed. Because you can't live for God without His Word. You, can't live, you cannot live for God without ingesting this, without putting this in your mind. How can you transform? The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you think you can renew your mind without His Word? The scripture even says that how can a young man cleanse his way? It says by taking heed to his word. This word, it washes us, it sanctifies us, it fixes us, it helps us, it teaches us. And this word will take us home one day. But if you think that just uh, stitching across the inside of your shirt collar Christian means you're going to make it one day. You better come on, somebody. You better learn. And if anybody's telling you that, shame on them for telling you that. What you need to know is that you're born again by this word. We live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. We need his word. If I want to be a blessed man, there's some things. There are people say, I don't want nobody telling me what I can't do. The scripture tells you what you can't do. 
A blessed man will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He will not stand in the way of sinners, and he will not sit in the seat of the scornful. He's going to do what's right. If we practice the law of the Lord enough, this practice becomes a habit. And then once it's a habit, it becomes a comfort or delight in and of itself. We do that with everything else. Anybody that played a sport, especially something like golf, you know you wasn't good when you went out there. First time you go, you're horrible. But everybody else is doing it, and they're they having fun. So you practice. And then the first time you hit one straight, you get happy. And then uh, the first time you par a hole, you're like, wow, this is really starting to become fun. And then the more you play, the more you play, you don't care. You, you pay for the more expensive clubs. You, you, you pay the cart fee. You, you pay to play at those. Because now uh, I, I'm in bed because I really love this game, so I don't mind spending money for trips, and I don't mind spending money for the right shoes and I, because this is what you do now. But, oh, if you put into practice uh, these things in God's Word, and now all of a sudden they become your habits. And you're like, hey, why, you read the, why are you always reading the Bible at lunch? Why are, you, why are you always looking on your phone scrolling through Scripture? Why are you always listening to preaching? Why are you always uh, in God's Word? Because the blessed man meditates in his Word day and night. And every time I open it up, I find something good. <laughs> yeah, it's like every time you open it up, there's something good. <laughs> you never read this without finding something good. That's why we do it. Because a blessed man, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. This is his counsel. He's got ministry in his life for counsel, for the perfecting of the saints. That's what he has. And so, uh, again, I'll say it one more time. No word in your life will set you up for disappointment and for failure. What did Paul say at the end of his life? I'm, I'm now ready to be offered. I finished my course. I fought a good fight, and I kept the faith. Well, let me ask you, what did faith come by? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so, he said, so above everything else in my life, what got me here where I'm ready to be offered is I kept the faith, the faith that came from God's word. Uh, Paul, just because he was such a great preacher, don't mean he didn't have preachers in his life. He had a lot of people that counseled to him and would come and minister to him and, and, and tell him things from the Lord. Yeah, he had a great experience when he was knocked down on the road and got that revelation. But the Lord sent a man of God to tell him, hey, now arise. And be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He said, let me come and help you, Paul. Let me come talk to you. And so he, he had people in his life that uh, he, he didn't only mentor, but he was mentored by. He had teachers. He said under, he, he tells it, I sat under great teachers of this law. He knew what it was like to have other people pour into his life. And so at the end of his life, he could say, I'm ready to be offered. I didn't just finish my course and fight a good fight, but I kept the faith. I kept what I got from the Word, and it got me to where I am. So they'll take my life now. That'll be all right because this Word is going to get me home. Now, it goes on to say in this first psalm that this blessed man would be like a stream planted 
a stream-planted tree. That's what we're, we're like a tree planted by rivers of water. In other words, we will not be depending on the weather of the world for our sustenance. Mm-mm. Come the hot summer, the withering winter, whatever it is, our nourishment will be reliable. It will come from God's word. The ups and downs that accompany every human life will not hold us hostage. Oh, while others are depending on perfect conditions for happiness. Oh, I see it all the time. If, if their life is not just perfect, if everything is not just going just right, uh, well, they take it out on God. I'm not coming to the church no more. I'm not coming to this no more. I'm not going to preach no more. Why? Why? What did God do to you? Our happiness, the blessed man, the blessed person, that child of God, it springs from another source. An eternal source. His word is forever settled in heaven. And we will bring forth fruit when it is our time and then be content to let such a season come in God's time. We will bring forth fruit. The scripture says it. But it will be in God's time and we are okay with that. But when you live by the world's time clock, you're never saying, when God, when God, when God, when God. And, and you can't be satisfied. You know, as a, as a parent, you'd have to tell your kids all the time because they were waiting on, you know, they, they know it's the holidays are coming. When's Christmas again? It's coming. Be, you have to tell them, you got to wait. Are we there yet? That's another big one. No, we're not. They're always, they're wanting to be. They want it now. And you have to tell them, you got to wait. It's go, when's supper? When can I eat? When, I got, when it's done. And sometimes God's going to say, when it's time, when it's done, when you're ready. Well, I'm ready. You're, no, you ain't ready. You know, if we got to just do everything that we wanted to because we thought we were ready. Whew. Oh, my goodness. It'd be such a mess. You think this world's a mess now? All the all these kids today that think they're ready. You know, years ago, maybe back in the forties, fifteen-year-olds were more like adults. Fifteen-year-olds today ain't like adults. Hey, my good friend. Fifteen-year-olds today ain't even got as much sense as we had when we was fifteen. That's my friend and his family. I'm glad they're here today. I'm going to embarrass him good in the next service. We'll wait. Oh, so we've got to be ready and, and be content with God's timing. Oh, I know. I've already preached this, and I say it. I know every time somebody says, "Be patient," you want to punch them in the throat. Nobody wants to be patient, but. Patience will have its, thank you. See, somebody spends time in God's word, knows that it says perfect work. The blessed man is blessed because of his sustenance, his instruction. They're both rooted in the eternal word of God and not in the temporal opinions of ignorant men. The Word of God and the practice of the Word of God, it lifts us up above the limited horizons of this life, this world, and it lets us see life from a higher point of view. Darling, if you want to come on to the music. Now, it says the ungodly are not so. 
which means they are not blessed. It does not mean that God does not love everybody. It does not mean that it, it still reigns on the just and on the unjust, that God's mercy is new every morning because it is the goodness of God. He is still good to people who do not even know him, who do not even acknowledge him because his goodness is what leads people to repentance. But he does say here, we've got to understand there are some consequences for living a life that's out of God's word. He said they would be like the chaff that the wind drives away. Chaff, now I'm not a farmer and never have been, but I have seen people gathering wheat. But chaff is the light, useless material that the farmer sifts away from the wheat. And he does that. Have you ever seen him take that pitchfork full of hay and just throw it up in the air? The wheat falls back down and the chaff is blown with the wind. The good stuff falls straight down. It's heavier. It's got more substance. And and so it's right where it needs to be. But the chaff is caught in the wind and carried far away. And he said that's what the ungodly is like. They're like chaff. They are completely hostage to the force of nature. The wind that blows when every season changes, it moves them. The ungodly, like chaff, they may have summer and prosper in one season because they're with the wheat. But when the harvest comes, when it turns to fall, they find themselves completely subject to the forces that they once believed they controlled. And the wind is like God's judgment. The wind determines the difference between wheat and chaff. So does God's judgment determine between the blessed and the ungodly. Everyone will face the wind, but only the blessed will withstand the wind. The ungodly will be carried away by God's judgment. We should not just think about that last judgment, but there is judgment that God does on a regular basis, even before we leave this life. When the winds of life blow, these people are blown away too. But the one who has taken counsel from Scripture will be able to remain standing. I know we've quoted this over and over, but uh, it's been brought back to mind so many times. That the psalmist said that they that trust in the Lord, they shall be. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Well, you'll never prove your trust to God more than when you rely on His Word. You trust what He says. You trust who He is. This is what it is to be blessed. Stand with me this morning. The blessed man or woman... They live their life with a larger horizon. Listen now. The blessed one will not always feel happy. Remember that Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn. The blessed one is never trapped in the prison of the present, fearing that what is happening right now is forever. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We do not believe that this, what is happening right now in the present, what's happening right now is final. It's not final. Being blessed means living life in the light of eternity, rather by the dim lamp of this worldly mind that people have. If there was one single word that could summarize that person, it would be blessed I'm glad today that God gave us his word I'm glad that he let people write it down 
so that we still have it today. And friend, if you want to have a blessed life, you'll get in this word. One of the first things when I came to the Lord and got in the church, I had a young minister tell me I was asking for advice and I just bought a Bible, the first Bible that I had bought my, ever bought myself. And he said, if I can give you one piece of advice, it would be this. He said, put your head in that book and don't ever take it out. He said, stay in God's word. And I have stuck to that over time. And I thank God for his word today. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for all that you do. And Lord, today I just would that you would let our hearts be good ground to receive that word. Let us understand, God, today that we need that word. Lord, we need to live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. God, we thank you for this blessed life. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts and in our minds. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you today. Hallelujah. Won't you lift your hands and just love him for a moment? Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, ask the Lord to put his word in your heart. scriptures that lets me know how valuable that word is we know we Jesus said we must be born again well if I must be God I'm sure you'll provide a way he said you're not born again of corruptible seed but you're born again by incorruptible the word of God aren't you thankful for his word this morning come on one more hand clap and shout of praise this morning what a great God Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. Glory. All right, folks, find a place to pray before the next service, and we're going to see God do some great things. God bless you.